Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the AJ Tunes podcast. My name is Anthony, and today we're going to be going over Doja Cat's third studio album, Planet Her. Now, for those of you that haven't checked out my last two episodes, go check them out. Essentially, I just break down some of the news that has happened in the music industry over the summer. And I also go into the tracks that have came out in late June and most of July. The next episode after this will be me going over the music that comes out within this month of August. And there's a lot of stuff planned, so you should definitely stay tuned. With that being said, though, let's dive right into it. So for those of you that don't know, Planet Her, it's based off of a fictional planet where all people live harmoniously. Now, for those of you that look at the title Planet Her and think, oh, this is just a planet for women. It's about female empowerment. Doja Cat has gone on the record and explicitly said that it's not that, and she named it Planet Her to try to be cute. The album and the idea for a Planet Her was inspired by the TOI 1338 star system located in the constellation Pictor, for those of you that follow astronomy and for the music videos in this particular era they were taken at different places on this fictional planet and i'll get into each of the videos a little bit later this album primarily focuses on relationships and Doja, with this particular project, definitely put a lot of effort into the visuals. So, like, the music videos, the outfits, that kind of deal. And it definitely shows, and it's definitely appreciated as a listener and as a viewer. And I think with this project, Doja Cat really wanted to show her versatility as an artist. And it definitely helped. I think she definitely accomplished that. Now, I do think her uniqueness can get lost at times and did get lost at times throughout this album because of that fact that she was trying to kind of be versatile. I think she gets lost sometimes and her uniqueness cannot always be seen or heard in certain tracks because she is trying to be so versatile, but... I think the fact that she definitely proved her versatility in this album, I think, is definitely a great thing for future collaborations and future projects. Now, let's talk about the singles. There are two singles in this album, one promotional single, and the main song, the song that everyone knows off this album, it's been everywhere. It's Kiss Me More featuring SZA. It beats number three on the Billboard Hot 100. And this song is a pop song, but there's a disco influence. And it interpolates the chorus of Olivia Newton-John's 1981 song, Physical. A lot of the rhythms and kind of melodies are very similar to that song. And I think it's fine for what it's worth. Now, on the actual album itself, Kiss Me More is actually the last track on the album. And for those of you that are wondering, is there really a deep meaning or any kind of message behind this song? 
No, not really. There really isn't any. It's just mainly about kissing and all the stuff that comes with that. And for me personally, the vibe that I get off this track is very similar to Say So, which was very popular on TikTok. And for it being the lead single on this album, I think it delivers in the sense that it definitely does encapsulate what Planet Her is all about, even though it is the last track on the album. Now, with SZA's feature, I think she does a nice job with her collaboration, since it is the first one between the two of them. I think her verse definitely adds an extra edge to the song, and I think it adds a nice touch to it. It kind of brings that kind of hip-hop twist to it, which I definitely appreciate. And for the music video in this song, it has SZA and Doja Cat playing as seductive aliens on this fictional planet. And it details an astronaut's journey throughout this planet. And at the end of the video, it shows SZA and Doja Cat playing video games with the guy stuck in a capsule. Overall, for me, Kiss Me More is definitely one of the better tracks on this album. I would say it is one of the best songs on this album. Now, the fact that it is very popular and the fact that it is everywhere kind of detracts from its specialness but overall i still think it's a good track nonetheless need to know it was a promotional single that she released in anticipation for this album it peaked at number 14 on the billboard hot 100 chart and it heavily relies on a trap beat in particular and it's an r&b song that has seductive sexual lyrics and with this song in particular, I do like how it shows more of Doja Cat's rap hip-hop side. And it definitely displays her versatility in that genre. And the fact that there are synths and a disco influence production, I think it makes the track more cohesive with the rest of the album and it adds a different dimension to it. Again... Need to know, I think it accomplishes its purpose. It's not a super special song. It, you know, created anticipation for the album. And it's just another song that kind of fits in with the rest of the album. Now, the music video in particular, it explores the nightlife of the fictional planet Her with like clubs and parties and stuff like that. And it shows Doja Cat as an alien with a group of friends kind of exploring the nightlife of this planet. So... Overall, my thoughts on this track, it's definitely good. It's not a bad track by any means, but it's not super special. It, you listen to the album, this track is just something that, you know, definitely helps kind of bring the album together. It makes it more cohesive, but also it does stand out on its own. And it makes sense, this is why she chose it as a promotional single. Now, the second single, off the album is called You Right. It features The Weeknd, who obviously had a big year from After Hours. It peaked at number 11 off the Hot 100 chart. And with this particular song, Dr. Luke produced it. 
with this particular album, it's this song and Need to Know were the ones that were produced by Dr. Luke. Now, for those of you that don't know, Dr. Luke also helped produce Say So. And it was a bit controversial at the time because he was coming off the lawsuit case with Kesha and that whole kind of debacle. So, Say So when it came out, it was seen as like the comeback for Dr. Luke. Now, Kesha ended up dropping the case. I've talked about this, I believe, in my Grammys episode, which you should check out if you haven't already. And overall, you know, they're both kind of doing their own thing now. You know, Kesha's still going strong, producing her own music. And obviously, Dr. Luke is producing his own music. Now, going back to you, right, for a minute, there are technically two versions to the song, the one that she released as a single and an extended version where she does two verses instead of the one that's on the single. The extended version of the song is on the deluxe version of Planet Her, so if you want to listen to the extended version, it's on there. And this is only the second collab that Doja Cat has done with The Weeknd, for those of you that don't remember. The Weeknd did a remix with Doja Cat for his single In Your Eyes. And overall, man, I think Doja and The Weeknd definitely work together really well. I think The Weeknd definitely knows how to feature on a song. He's been a feature on a lot of different songs for a lot of different artists. And I think their voices definitely mesh together really well. You know, The Weeknd's smooth voice, Doja Cat is a little more rough and kind of bumpy around the edges, so I think it works together really well. And for the music video for this particular single, it's heavily influenced by astrology, like the rest of the album. And the video has Doja Cat poses a Greek goddess that is tempted to cheat on her boyfriend, and it shows The Weeknd trying to convince her to get with him instead of her boyfriend. Now, this song is right up the weekend's alley in terms of what he usually covers, which is like relationships and a lot of like sexual undertones. And overall, I think the collaboration worked really well. However, I do think the weekend could have had a bit of a longer feature on this particular song. I mean, overall, the Doja Cat and the weekend. I think work together really well. However, I do think the weekend feature could have been a little longer. And at certain points, it sounds like Doja is trying to mesh with the weekend a little too much. So I think this is the example, one of the tracks that I was talking about earlier, where it's like she definitely proved that she was versatile. But I think she tried a little too hard to kind of mesh with the weekend instead of, you know, being her own individual kind of artist and her unique style. Now, I'm not saying the collaboration was bad at all. I think it's great. I think it's one of the best songs on the album. But I'm just saying the sounds were a little too close for comfort, especially because the weekend is R&B and Doja definitely kind of tapped into her R&B side for this song. Now, besides the weekend feature kind of being a little longer, because it was a bit short, the song is pretty good, and it definitely encapsulates how Doja 
She's kind of trying to decide between these two guys and how she's having a lot of pity on herself for this decision. And the song, I think, definitely encapsulates those emotions. And I think it fits in really well with the rest of the album. Now, those are all the singles in the album. Moving on to other standout tracks. Woman, the opening track, To Planet Her, it's Afrobeat-inspired. It peaked at number 68 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. This is the one song that definitely shows an appreciation for women. Obviously, a few of the other songs do as well. But this is definitely an ode to woman appreciation. And honestly, I mentioned it earlier with Kiss Me More and how good of a lead single that was. In terms of a classic radio gem. That created anticipation for this album. Woman I think is the perfect opening track. To Planet Her. I think it sets the tone for what it's going to be. And with the sound kind of being. R&B pop and hip hop. That's basically what the album is. So I think it does a great job. Of kind of setting up. The listener for what they're going to hear. Throughout the rest of the album. And I think it was a great choice by her. Honestly. Now. In one of the lyrics, it's funny because she makes a reference to Regina George from Mean Girls, which I thought was a nice touch of, like, pop culture. And it was funny because, you know, the song itself, it's a fun track and it's very flirtatious in nature. It's not a very serious track, which is something I could definitely appreciate. And at the end of the day, it talks about how society puts women against each other when they really should be lifting each other. And it sends a positive feminine message which a lot of female artists have been doing, but I think it's something that has become kind of so out there to the point where a lot of the times people can forget about it. You know, instead of these female artists kind of going against each other, they should be, you know, raising each other up. And I think this song does a good job of kind of encapsulating that message and putting that out there. Now, getting to it, yeah. It peaked at number 68 on the Hot 100 chart. But we get to it, yeah, this song is very influenced or inspired by Nicki Minaj. With Get To It, yeah, it celebrates her journey as an artist. And it kind of, you know, it's very hopeful for what's in store for the future. And she kind of thanks Nicki Minaj in the outro, specifically, for kind of paving the way when it comes to, like, female rappers and hip-hop artists. Now, obviously, if we're talking about the kind of current day female rap hip-hop game definitely Nicki Minaj is definitely one of the biggest names out there but of course there are people you know before her that kind of paved the way for Nicki Minaj as well when it comes to people like Missy Elliott and Lauren Hill just to name a few examples but I mean overall I think this is a cool song for what it's worth the last verse in particular interpolates Nicki Minaj's actually debut single, Massive Attack. And I think as a fan of Nicki Minaj, Doja definitely did a good job of showing her appreciation for Nicki's work and the kind of impact she's had on the female hip-hop rap game. And with the song being dancehall influenced, it definitely shows Doja Cat kind of being thankful for the position that she's in. While also giving thanks to the people that kind of allowed her to be in the position that she's in today. Such as Nicki Minaj. And, you know, kind of showing appreciation for the people that kind of paved the way for you is definitely something I can appreciate. Especially because 
you know, you always aren't the first one to do it. There was always people before you that kind of set you up, that told you, you know, right from wrong, that have kind of been a mentor to you. And, you know, Nicki Minaj's music has definitely been very influential on the current and future kind of hip-hop game, especially when it comes to the female side of things. Now, moving on to I Don't Do Drugs, which has a feature from the one and only Ariana Grande. With the song peaking at number 57, this is actually the third collaboration that Doja Cat has done with Ariana Grande. With Ariana Grande's Positions album, Doja appeared as a feature on Motive and was also on the 3435 remix with Megan Thee Stallion. Now, I Don't Do Drugs is specifically an R&B rap ballad where both of them talk about their lovers and how these particular boys are like drugs that have them fucked up in a lot of different ways. And honestly, as I said before with The Weeknd, I think Doja and Ariana mesh really well as well. But again, as I was saying with you right, Doja at times kind of sounds a little bit too much like Ariana. And I think sometimes it does suffer from that. And I do appreciate it, you know, when Doja, you can hear her unique voice and Ariana's unique voice and they both come together. And I think their styles together do fit really well. But it's just a little annoying when Doja tries, not intentionally, but like unintentionally sounds a little too much like Ariana with different melodies and you know stuff of that nature. And with I Don't Do Drugs being tropical influenced, there are very airy harmonies in the song, which definitely fits Ariana's MO and Doja Cat definitely fits the bill as well. Now, if there's one particular part a particular aspect that I do like about this song, it's the fact that, again, Doja's rap ability and the fact that it was able to cut through a lot of those airy harmonies and melodies, I think, fits really well. And, again, with Doja Cat showing her versatility on this particular track and throughout this album is something I can definitely appreciate. And, especially with I Don't Do Drugs having, like, a xylophone and having a bass... I think the instrumental just kind of puts the icing on the cake on how good of a song this one is. Although it is a ballad. Ballads can be particularly boring instrumentally. Now, Ben Like This, it talks about manipulative behavior and how Doja Cat has changed her feelings towards this particular guy that she's been talking about throughout this album. And... In terms of the sound, I found it to be very similar to Streets in terms of the vibe that I got and the fact that it is dark and it is very seductive in sound. And with the gloomy production, I think it definitely amplifies the feelings that Doja talks about in her lyrics when she's kind of changing her thoughts about the sky. And with Ain't Shit, which peaked at number 24 on the Billboard Hot 100, if you wanted to know a song that epitomizes Doja Cat's personality and her persona and flair, this is the song that does it. Like This is the song where if you wanted to know who Doja Cat was you never heard of her before, Ain't Shit is the song to listen to. 
it definitely epitomizes her humor but with the raps and the falsettos and it really shows that she has a fun personality and since it was teased multiple times it was very highly anticipated and it is influenced by kind of that 90s r&b sound which is something that she's definitely tapped into in the past now in terms of what the song is actually about ain't shit kind of talks about how different men have hurt her in the past and it basically just shows her grievances towards these men and to me personally this is probably the most unique track on the album specifically for doja cat and in terms of who she is because as i said before it really does epitomize who doja cat is really well and it's this weird but fun track to listen to at the same time now going into the other features on planet her you have jid on options which kind of uses this flute instrumental for this kind of rap song that's very reminiscent of like future's mask off which was really popular a few years ago with payday which had a feature of young thug it's basically a trap pop song with childlike falsettos and it definitely does a good job of making it like very dreamy and very you know airy but i would argue it's one of the more forgettable tracks on this album and with of the deluxe edition specifically um you have tonight which has eve as a feature and why why with gunna as a feature both of those tracks as deluxes you know they do their job and they accomplish what they were supposed to do um, now going back to the standard edition the other songs that i haven't talked about naked which is kind of reggae inspired love to dream which is a slow r&b ballad which honestly isn't my cup of tea it's not necessarily my taste because it is so slow so it's not one of my favorites off the album imagine which is trap inspired and it has a very strong bass line and honestly that song's not really that great either but even doja herself said that song kind of felt like a filler for the album so it makes sense why it's not one of the better songs on the album and alone is an acoustic ballad where she accepts being alone and you know i definitely do like how she was very vulnerable with this album in terms of like her feelings and emotions and stuff of that nature but again the instrumentation especially with very especially with other songs in this album definitely can fall flat so overall with planet her i think she definitely accomplished what she was trying to do which was creating this like dreamy like atmosphere where she can talk about her relationship with guys freely while also kind of being fun and showing off her personality while also being like dreamy but also showing her versatility as an artist with people like the weekend and ariana grande for example so the fact that she's able to fit these kind of pop rap r&b kind of styles definitely fits to her advantage as i said before at different points she can get lost in terms of her uniqueness and her own voice and some of the songs definitely do feel like fillers at times especially with a song like imagine like she said herself 
and even like love to dream which kind of just feels like a lullaby so i mean again overall the album it's definitely her best for sure in terms of a pop r&b album it's pretty good but she definitely has a long way to go in terms of kind of improving her songwriting while also continuing to display her own uniqueness like when i talked about ain't shit i like that song a lot not necessarily because it's my favorite song on the record but it does such a good job of epitomizing who doja cat really is like you can see her personality and you can hear her personality on that song and i think in the future she definitely should continue to kind of go down that route and really explore and kind of put herself out there. So I am curious to see how her future projects will build off of Planet Her. Now, looking at her career so far, let's take it back to the beginning. Now, her first song that gained a lot of traction was So High. And after the song was released on SoundCloud, she ended up signing a record deal with Kemosabe Record and RCA Records. Now, when they she ended up signing that record deal, she ultimately re-released the song and ended up being the lead singer for EP Per. And then she ended up releasing in 2018 her debut studio album, Amala. Now, for those of you that don't know why is it called Amala, it's named after her real name, which is Amala Domini. Hopefully I said that right. It was an indie pop album. And honestly, it did not do well commercially. It only peaked at 138 on the Billboard 200 chart. And as an artist, she didn't really start to gain any traction until Moo. Now, before we get into Moo, there were four singles on Amala. There was Go to Town, Candy... Moo and Tia Tamara featuring Rico Nasty. But let's talk about Moo for a minute. It became popular because it was a meme. It was a meme for a long time. It's kind of comedy, hip hop. And it includes a sample of the 1960 song Polka Dots and Moonbeams by the jazz guitarist Wes Montgomery. Now, for those of you who are wondering how this song worked, she completed the song and the video within 12 and a half hours of one day. So she definitely put in a lot of time and a lot of effort. And she kind of did this relatively well. She turned it out in one day and she put it out. Now, is it a serious song? No, it's not. It's kind of a joke. It's just out there for fun. It's a fun song. And honestly, according to her, she sees it now as like a joke in a throwaway. But looking back on it, that viral internet fame was kind of what got her name circulating among all of these record labels. And it's catchy. And overall, with the wordplay and its sound, with like cows and stuff like that, it definitely showed her potential. And that's what, you know record label saw in her with so high and moo kind of further enhanced and further proved those ideas and although moo is basically a meme and it's 
kind of a joke, and it's not a song I would personally listen to. You can see your talent there, and you can see something there. And I think that was what was really good about Move for in terms of what it did for her career. Especially with the music video, the fact that it was so low budget, it was kind of a lo-fi music video. And because it looked good for a low budget music video, that's what a lot of critics praised it for. And the fact that she, you know, really used and took advantage of like a green screen and a lot of gifts, you know, really proved how talented she was and how she could use that talent to further advance her career in music. And with Hot Pink being released in 2019, that was kind of her breakthrough album, right? It's a pop R&B album. There were seven singles on this particular album with Juicy, with Tyga, you had Bottom Bitch, Rules, Cyber Sex, Say So, which was her big, big hit, uh, like that, featuring Gucci Mane and Streets. Now, let's go into each of those. Let's go into a few of those singles, actually. Juicy with Tyga, it was kind of a sleeper hit. It was originally on the deluxe of Amal, like the original song, but the remix with Tyga was put on Hot Pink, and it was made the lead single of Hot Pink. Now, the music video has Doja Cat and Fruit Attire dancing and twerking, and with it being the last track on Hot Pink, the song itself is essentially about her ass. Like, again, a reoccurring theme with Doja Cat is that a lot of her songs don't have too deep of meanings. She's not really a lyrical artist. She's more of just putting a song out there that's catchy, that's fun, and that's enjoyable to listen to. And that's obviously what she wants to go for, and it definitely works. Which you see, you know, it is catchy. The trap beat is definitely there. And as a lead single, again, I think if we were to look back on this now and redo it, I think Say So, because of how popular it was, that probably should have been her lead single. But I mean, Juicy is not a bad song, nonetheless. So, again, is it my cup of tea? Is it something I would listen to? No. But I understand why you know, it ended up becoming a sleeper hit after Say So. Speaking of Say So, peak number one, after she did a remix of it, but the artist she looked up to pretty much in Nicki Minaj. And it's funny because I mentioned this in the Grammys episode, the song was produced by Tyson Trax. Now, for those of you that don't know, that's just a pseudonym for Dr. Luke. And this was kind of seen as his comeback following the Kesha lawsuits. And with Say So becoming really popular on TikTok due to a viral dance challenge, Doja Cat really learned that TikTok was kind of the avenue for her in terms of her kind of popularity and kind of how her songs kind of got out there and became really you know, famous. And especially with people like Mang the Stallion, and even the baby who I talked about in the last episode. TikTok is kind of becoming the new norm when it comes to pushing out music. Especially with people like Jason Derulo, for instance. You know, 
he has been around for a while, but now he's kind of really embraced TikTok as his way to kind of put out music. Now, whether or not TikTok is actually good for the music industry, you know, I could debate, sit here and debate it all day. Me personally, it's not the best thing in the world, especially when you have influencers like a Dixie Deal Milio or even like an Addison Ray coming out with songs that aren't the greatest. And the reason why people are listening to them is because they're influencers. You know, realistically speaking, I would only want to listen to a song from if you're talented for music. Obviously, they're talented for TikTok, but they're not talented for music and it shows. So that's what I think is like the big negative when it comes to TikTok fame, when it comes to music. But, you know, there are there have been a lot of good songs coming off of TikTok. Like Roxanne by Arizona Zervas last year. That was like a really big song that blew up on TikTok. So TikTok has its gems, but it also has a lot of low lights. So it's kind of like a mixed bag. Going back to Say So Though, it's a 70s funk pop R&B song. And that was kind of like the flavor of 2020. You know, with Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia having like that 80s disco vibe say so kind of followed a similar theme and you know it had that kind of retro disco kind of funk vibe to it and the funny thing is say so only became a single after the success it had on tiktok if she knew how say so would become so successful and popular off of tiktok i think she would have made it the lead single hot pink that's in hindsight and that's in retrospect now the song is about Doja flirting with a stranger. And the sad thing about this, actually, is that Say So was the first number one song for both Doja Cat and Nicki Minaj. Doja Cat, it's understandable. With Nicki Minaj and her extensive discography with songs like Anaconda, you know, Bang Bang, Starships, and so on. It's kind of disappointing that she hasn't had a number one until Say So. But, you know, better now than never. Now, Say So itself was nominated for Best Pop Solo Performance and Record of the Year at the Grammys. Obviously, you know, I did a whole Grammys recap over two episodes. So check that out if you haven't already. But for those of you that don't know, Best Pop Solo Performance went to Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. And Record of the Year went to Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish. So it didn't win anything. However, as before, there are a lot of retro disco elements in the song that made it really popular in 2020. And again, Say So was kind of the flavor of 2020. It fit right in and it was the song that she kind of needed to kind of... Put herself out there and have her stick out there and have her be one of those household names in the music industry. And I think with more songs she releases, the more she'll continue to kind of build that brand for herself. Now, like that featuring Gucci Mane, the same deal with Say So, it became a single following its success on TikTok. You kind of see a trend here. If it becomes popular on TikTok, Chances are Doja Cat will make it into a single. Granted, that's what a lot of other artists, I'm not saying Doja Cat is the only one that does that. So keep that in mind. Like That is an R&B rap song, and it's about how their partners want to act with them, with them specifically being Doja Cat and Gucci Mane. And overall, 
the song, you know, it accomplishes what it's supposed to do. Is it the best song in the world? No. But, you know, it does what it's supposed to do, and it's good for what it's supposed to do. Now, Streets, probably the other standout from Hot Pink. It peaked at number 16 on the Hot 100 chart. And it was a sleeper hit similar to Juicy with Tyga. And it gained popularity on TikTok, like a lot of her other songs, following the Silhouette Challenge. Now, the song itself is an R&B ballad about how she returned to a partner after an unsuccessful relationship. And overall, it's a pretty sad song. Again, the dark, gloomy production, I talked about it earlier with, you know, the song been like this. It kind of has that same kind of vibe to it. And with the song sampling B2K's 2003 song Streets is Calling, thus, you know, the name Streets, um... It definitely accomplishes what she was trying to do, which is kind of this sad, gloomy vibe about, you know, how she can't really stay in a solid relationship. Now, in terms of other songs that she's done outside of her studio album discography, she did Boss Bitch for the Birds of Prey soundtrack, which was the solo Harley Quinn movie from the DC universe, if you are into superheroes. And with Boss Bitch being the third single off the soundtrack for that particular movie, it essentially is an electric pop song that addresses her haters. And honestly, it does a good job of kind of epitomizing both Doja Cat and Harley Quinn and how they both kind of are addressing their haters you know if you haven't watched the birds of prey movie no spoilers but essentially it's about harley quinn you know trying to make a name for herself outside of the joker and you know it's kind of a good song for doge cat as well because it shows her trying to make a name for herself as well and she definitely does that with this song and with the particular discography that she's put out so far. Now, a few other standout songs before I bring this episode to a close. Baby I'm Jealous, she was a feature on that song with BB Rexa, and it's for BB Rexa's most recent album, Better Mistakes. And the song is essentially about a guy liking other girls' pictures on Instagram while dating BB. And Essentially, it became a female empowerment song as it's basically about how females shouldn't be compared to others. Like they should be compared against each other and how a guy should like a girl for who she is, not who she is in comparison to someone else. And for this song in particular, it sucks because Better Mistakes itself didn't do super well. Uh, it wasn't really that popular of an album, which is why, you know, I haven't really talked about it that much on this podcast. However, you know, BB Rex obviously is a very talented artist and she's put out a lot of great songs in the past, like Meant to Be with Florida Georgia Line and In the Name of Love with, I believe, Martin Garrix. 
So overall, man, the song is good for what it's trying to do. It's just unfortunate that it didn't really do as well as it could have. Moving on, um, Best Friend. This is Doge Cat again as a feature with Saweetie. This particular song peaked number 14 on the Billboard Hot 100. And this is the third single off of Saweetie's upcoming debut album, Pretty Bitch Music. Definitely fits her personality relatively well. Now, the album itself was supposed to be released on June 25th. However, it got postponed because Saweetie wanted to rework some of the songs on the album. And it's unfortunate because this particular song, Best Friend, it was prematurely released by Warner Records on December 4th. Now, whether or not that was supposed to be the day or if there was miscommunication between Saweetie and the record label, I don't know. But Saweetie was pretty pissed that they released it prematurely. They ended up taking it down, obviously, being re- and the song ended up being re-released on January 7th. But again, with people like Saweetie and, you know, even Madison Beer, for example, artists and record labels themselves need to get a better relationship in the way that a record label should be there to support the artist the same way the artist should work with the record label. Although the record label is funding the artist, the artist should have the creative freedom to do whatever it is they want to do. Because when an artist signs a deal with the record label, the record label is putting an investment into the artist. And obviously the record label wants its full return, but that return is going to come with time. Now, going back to Best Friend, it's a song about strong female friendships and how, specifically, Saweetie and Doja Cat are strong and independent. Again, for Doja, I think it's a great feature. Um, I think it fits her personality perfectly. And, like I said with Ain't Shit, this is kind of another one of those songs where it's like, it definitely works for both of them and who we know them in the public eye. And this song does a great job of epitomizing both of their personalities really well. Now, I mentioned the 34-35 remix that Doja was on for Ariana's Positions album. And Megan Thee Stallion was on it as well. Along with Motive that she was a feature on with Ariana Grande. Now, with Motive in particular, as it was the first collaboration between Doja and Ariana, it's a dance pop song about an untrustworthy lover. And, you know... With Doja and Ariana having already collabed multiple times within the past year, it just shows you how much of a respect the two of them have for each other. But also, it shows that both of them can work together really well. And as I mentioned with Planet Her and how it does a good job of displaying Doja Cat's versatility as an artist, I think Motive in particular and the feature that she did on it, I think it does a great job of adding on to the overall themes that Ariana Grande tried to display in positions. So again, I think it's a great feature by her. Overall, um, Doja Cat is a great, talented artist. Planet Her, I think, is the best project she's ever done so far. She definitely has a few kinks to work out, especially when it comes to kind of exploring her own sound, kind of making that kind of shine through a little bit more. 
but also kind of bring out her personality a little bit more as well. And kind of, you know, touching up upon how she can further enhance the emotions and the particular, her personality in her songs and future projects. As both an artist, as a lyricist, and as a performer. And I'm excited to see what Doja Cat does in the future. Overall, I'm happy for her and how Planet Her turned out. It's obviously very successful, very popular. Go check it out if you haven't already. And with that being said, I'd like to thank you all for listening to this episode of the AJ Tunes podcast. My name is Anthony, and in the next episode, I will be going into Pop Smoke's new album entitled Faith. So be sure to stay on the lookout for that. In the meantime, enjoy your day, and I will catch you guys very soon.